John chapter 8. I'm going to read these first 11 verses. Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. Why would anybody think they could ever accuse the Lord Jesus Christ of? What could anybody ever find anything to accuse God of? But that's what was in their heart, that was in their mind. Something to accuse the sinless Son of God. And look, when, but Jesus stooped down and with his fingers wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. I'm not going to listen to these fools. They ain't got nothing I want to hear. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the least, and last, and Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. What a blessed place to be. <laughs> and when Jesus had lifted up himself, he saw none but the woman. And he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And our Lord said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. I want to bring a message this evening on law and grace. And what a great, great difference between them. Law and grace, what a great difference. You know, those who are seeking to be justified by themselves and by the law and are self-righteous, it's so easy to spot them. And our Lord said by this way, they who thought themselves more righteous than others, more righteous, despised others. And you can always find a Pharisee because he despises others. Nobody's as good as them. Nobody lives as good as them. Nobody's holy as them. Nobody keeps the law like they do. Nobody dresses like they do. And their holiness is so good that they brag on it wherever they go. But in this story, in this story that our Lord Jesus Christ gave us here, we see a woman taken in adultery. And what we have is good people dealing with a bad person. <laughs> bad person. <clears throat> and, all, and, you know, instead of having any understanding or feelings of pity, any understanding of their own nature, or having any kindness or compassion they delighted in putting this woman on the spot and self-righteous people always delight in making other people feel foolish feel foolish and they think by pointing out the darkness in others 
They think that they're going to cause their light to shine just a little brighter. But they show what darkness. The light that's in them is darkness. And how great is that darkness? Now, look what our Lord said here. He said, early in the morning, he came into the temple. And all the people came around him. And look at his position. He's sitting down. He's sitting down. Last Sunday, I was, I was sick and so weak. And a lady told me, said, why didn't you just sit down and teach us why you're sitting down? And I thought, well, that, that was probably what I should have done. But you know, we think we've got to be up and we think we've got to be moving. Our Lord, sit down. Just sit down. And all the folks gathered around him, he began to teach them. He began to teach them. And oh, and then there's all these people and our Lord's teaching these people. And all of a sudden, here comes a group of men, a group of men and a woman surrounded, surrounded a woman, had her all surrounded up, and they come in, just move through the crowd. And our Lord Jesus teaching, moved through the crowd, had this woman, and moved through the crowd and rudely interrupted our Lord Jesus Christ. And set this woman right in front of everybody. Set this woman where everybody could see her. And it says here, said Lord, and they they set, set her, brought this woman taken in adultery, set her right in the middle of everybody. And this is what they said. Now Moses in the law commanded that she should be stoned. And cause she was taken in the very act of adultery. And then this is where they thought they had him in verse 5. But what sayest thou? You see, this is the problem that these Pharisees put to our Lord Jesus Christ. These accusers. Now, what are you going to do? Are you going to uphold the law of Moses? And it, are you going to be the friend of publicans and sinners and disregard the law of Moses? And disregard God's commandments? Or let this woman go? And if you do let her go, how are you going to do it? Because they thought, man, we've got him between a rock and a hard place. Now, if he don't stand with Moses... We've got him right where we want him. He's a lawbreaker. So how's he going to let this woman go? And that's all they want to do. What are you going to do about it now? Here, you this man that's the friend of publicans and sinners, and you eat with publicans and sinners. They don't even wash their hands before they eat sometimes. Sorry, bunch. Now what are you going to do about this? Oh, my. And our Lord Jesus Christ, in all of his gentleness and graciousness, when he said he shall not cry nor cause his voice to be heard, but these fellows, they had to have their voices heard. They thought they could compel him to condemn himself by opposing the law of Moses. And God help us all to learn something here. If God the Holy Spirit would just enlighten our understanding, and see here the claims of the law. And that's exactly what the law said in Leviticus 20 and verse 10. That if a man is taken in adultery and a woman is taken in adultery, there it says they both shall be stoned. And that's what it says. 
Here we have the claims of the law and the workings of grace face to face. Now, how's this going to come out? How's this going to come out? Who's going to come out? Who's going to come out victorious? Who's going to come out victorious? And here we have, first of all, a sinner under the law. She was taken in the very act of adultery. And she can't deny it. She don't deny it. She don't even try to justify herself. She keeps her mouth shut. She's caught. The law has shut her mouth. The law has shut her mouth and stopped it. And here she is. The law condemned her to be stoned to death. And that's another terrible fact that cannot be denied. And that law has stopped her mouth. And I tell you, it'll stop anybody's mouth when they ever face it. I tell you, one thing I do not want around me, I don't want it on my walls. I don't want it in the church. I don't want it. I don't care if they don't have it on the, on, on in the, in the, in the, in the uh, judicial system. I don't want the Ten Commandments facing me. I don't. I don't want them because all they do is stop my mouth. And when that law comes, it gives me a knowledge of my sin. It shows me how far away from God I am. Shows me that how far away and how hopeless I am to justify myself by the deeds of the law. It shows me that I, I, I don't love God. I don't love my neighbor. I'm a lover of self. And oh, they had her. They had her. And she was under his curse. And here's something about the law. Here's something about the law. Whether we feel guilty or not, that has nothing to do with it. The law says, condemn, 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 guilty, 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 whether you feel it or not. Huh? How many times you've been stopped by the law and didn't feel guilty? And that's what, the, but the law, whether you feel it or not, God, it's his law. And all these accusers were clamoring for her death. But what about the adultery? It says the man or the woman. Where was the man? They didn't, wasn't interested in the man. They just had the woman. And I'm going to tell you what I think now. And this is just my opinion. I'll quit preaching and tell you what I think. I think he was probably one of these fellows' brothers or daddy. And they went by to visit him. And caught him, and they let him go. Didn't want to embarrass him. Now, that's my opinion. Now, I'm going to start preaching again. But here's what they were so anxious, so anxious to get the Lord to condemn her and weren't concerned for her companion in sin. Wasn't concerned for him. Bruce, shouldn't they both been there? And I'll tell you why. This is, what, this is how sinful man is and how depraved he is and how wicked he is and how he is so prejudiced and willfully ignorant. And because of that, he's absolutely unfit not only to keep God's law, but he can't administer God's law and he don't know anything about it because he never has a right motive in anything he does to condemn somebody else. He cannot have the right motive. These men did not have the right motive because it says they come tempting him to accuse him. They wasn't interested in this woman. They was interested in making our Lord Jesus Christ look like a fool. They didn't care about her sin. 
That was just a, that was just a, a means to an end to make our Lord Jesus Christ look like he was going to absolutely go against Moses. And he was, going to, he was going to justify this woman apart from the law. They didn't care about her sin, but what a terrible, terrible, terrible lot these accusers are. And I tell you, the, you know one of the worst accusers you'll ever have? Is your own conscience. There's nothing will accuse you like your own conscience. Huh? And boy, when that conscience goes to working on you, if God has blessed you to have one, when that, that conscience will do it, the world will do it, your flesh will do it, your own self-righteousness. Tim James preached one time, and he said, I preach on self-righteousness more than anybody. And he said, because I know more about it than about anybody. And that's the thing. We, we, very, we know, every one of us know what it is to be self-righteous. And that's one of those things that we battle, 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 battle. Mm. But now, there's this woman condemned under the law. Now let's look at her under grace. Let's see why grace deals with her. <laughs> look at, you keep this, you know, John 8, and then look over in John 1, 17 with me a moment. Oh, oh, now, you know, she was a sinner under the law, and she couldn't deny it. The Lord couldn't deny it. Nobody denied it. She didn't. But, oh, look what it says here in John 1, 17. I could have quoted this, but let's look at it together. For the law was given by Moses. And that's what they come. It says, Moses in the law commanded us. And look what it says. But grace and truth came. <laughs> that makes me happy just to read it. <laughs> grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And the grace and truth is here facing the law. And oh, the law says, Stoner, what do you say? Are you going to obey the law? Or are you going to let her go? Are you going to pick up the stones and stone her? Or are you going to turn her loose? And what a contrast here. The law and you. What sayest thou? Huh? And the law is holy. The law is just. And the law is good. And it says condemn. But what sayest thou? Can you say live to this woman when the law says die? Can you say live to this woman when the law says she's got to die? And how our master handles this question is of vital, vital interest to us because in some measure it reveals his own blessed character. It reveals his attitudes towards the law. It reveals his attitude toward these accusers. And it reveals how he regards this miserable, guilty, embarrassed sinner. It reveals four things about our blessed Savior. Now, there's a mystery involved here. Look what happens there now in verse 6. They said, oh, what sayest thou? And then our Lord Jesus Christ, he backed up, got away from, got up from where he was sitting. He was sitting down. He got up, crowd around him. And the scripture says that he stooped down as though he didn't hear him. Didn't hear him. And he stooped down and took his finger and he started writing. And he wrote something that everybody could read. 
He ignored them. He, I'm not, not going to listen to what you got to say. Your heart's not right. Your heart's wicked. You're self-righteous. And you want to justify yourself by the law and condemn everybody. So he just ignored them and he got down and he started writing. Now the only person that ever wrote with their finger in all the word of God was God himself. <laughs> Ain't that right? He wrote on stone. And our Lord writes on our hearts. He takes his finger and writes on our hearts. And he, he stooped down and, and, and wrote... And oh, listen, when they got through reading, writing, they just kept, when he, he, they just, while he was writing, they just kept asking him, asking him. They just was like a bunch of dogs. Wow, 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 wow. They was on him, just after him. Continue asking him. And oh, listen. And he said unto them, when he lifted up himself, he's down. And he lifted himself up. He didn't even look at him. Then he lifted himself up and looked him right square in the eye. And he looked at him and said, He that's without sin. Looked at him. When his eyes went around that crowd. He that's without sin. You pick up the stone. Throw it. And there was a man there that could have done that. Only one. Only one. And what he did, he took that white light of God's law and turned it back on them. Turned it right back on them. You want, you talk, you want to talk about her sin? Let's talk about yours. You want to condemn her? Let's find out where you stand. You want to say how guilty she is, what about your guilt? Uh-huh. You want to talk about how, how bad she is, how bad are you? Uh-huh. Oh, my. They had no right. They were sinners themselves. And, oh, they saw the ugly, ugly moat of uncleanness in this woman's eye. But they didn't see the beam of hypocrisy and envy and pride and malice in their own heart and in their own eyes. It's so easy to see someone else's sin. But after our Lord deals with our sin, we're done looking anywhere else. <laughs> it's me, Lord. It's me. It's me. You know, when you get upset with somebody else and you get aggravated with them and you, use, you get ill and everything, it's not their fault, it's yours. And you're the one who say, Lord, it's me. It's me. Oh, my, whose sin was greater here? Theirs or hers? And our Lord Jesus Christ came into this world to deal with sin. S-I-N. And he deals with sin of the heart, sin of the motive, sin of the desire. Sin of the mind, sin of the will. He can look, he can look right now into our hearts, in our minds, in our thoughts, in our very souls, right this minute. And oh, he comes to deal with the nature of it. 
And it's not so much what a man does, but why does he do it? And that's what he deals with. He deals with the why do we do it. He deals with the nature that causes us to sin. He deals with the nature that causes us to be this way. He deals with the nature. He goes to the heart of the matter. And he makes the tree good. And when he makes the tree good, the fruit's good. But until he makes that tree good, there cannot possibly be any good fruit. But he takes that tree, and when he exposes it, he comes in there. Now, he don't take, you know, he still have his flesh. But boy, he puts in that new heart. He puts in that new will, that new desire. He puts in that love in your heart. And when you feel that you failed God and failed Christ and failed your brothers and failed your sister, you feel like you failed. Oh, and you say, oh, Lord, who can we go? Where, where, where can we go? You've got the words. Oh, and I tell you, that's why it says grace came by Jesus Christ, but truth came right along with it. Grace to reveal God and truth to redeem us from our sin. Oh, my. And oh, look what a blessed, blessed thing that happened now. See if I can explain this. As old Scott used to say, see if I explain this. Look what it says in verse 8. So he had done stoop down once and rode, and he stooped down. Again, he stooped down and rode on the ground. And while he was riding on the ground, they which heard it, being convicted, here we go, by their own conscience, went out one by one. I mean, boy, while he was down, they said, man, I, this is a good time to leave. This is a good time to leave. He's not looking at me. It's a good time to sneak out of here. And I tell you, you know, it's, 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 it's like a bunch of sorry dogs. You know, you, they had their tail between their legs and they said, Nobody watching. I'll sneak out of here. Boy, they just, they went this way and they went that way. And they never said another thing about that woman. I mean, they went slipping out of there, just, oh. And they went to walking away, one by one, beginning at the eldest. The elders, the oldest one in the bunch, he was the first one to leave. He said, oh, my. Age teaches you something. We're too, we're too soon old and too late wise. Too soon old, too late wise. But here I'm going to try to explain it this way. When our Lord Jesus Christ, and he wrote with his fingers both times, and the first stooping, our Lord came facing that broken law that this woman was condemned by. She broke the law. And our Lord Jesus Christ, and he's stooping down, that's like when he came down in his humiliation. That's when he came down to not to... to to, to condemn the law, but to fulfill the law. To establish righteousness. And he came down in grace. He came down in love. He came down in mercy. And he came down on purpose to render satisfaction and obedience to God's blessed holy law. And he said, this woman's right. You're right. She's condemned. But I came here and I stooped down. I left the throne of glory. I left the Father's glory. I left the angel's adoration. I left the places where they sang my praises in glory. And I came down here to dwell among men and women 
that had no hope and without God and without Christ. And I came down here and I came down here to show them some grace and to show them some mercy and to show them some pity and show them some kindness. I wanted them to know that, that, that in my heart, I come down here to obey my father and but the love of my father and the love for them made me come down and put my arms around them and so identify with them that I even took my sin, their sin, upon myself on the body on the tree. And when he stooped down, you know the first thing he wrote? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. They saw that. And when he stooped down the second time, that's after he's done went to the cross and he's went into the grave and he's going to come up the second time and he says, love your neighbor as yourself. And he's went to the grave and he's come back up out of the grave. He's honored God. He's kept the law. He's, he's, he's sinless and holy and harmless and undefiled. The law's been honored. God's been satisfied. Sinners has been justified. And oh my. And that second tablet of the law when he wrote. You know where the, when Moses broke the first, you know where they put the second tablet? In the ark under the mercy seat. <laughs> and that's, that's where it's at right now. It's under the mercy seat. It's under that mercy seat where the blood's been applied. And oh my, now these fellows went out, convicted by their conscience, not by the Holy Ghost. And they went out one by one. Now where's their courage? Where's their boldness now? They could face their sins, but now they can't face their own. They wanted to deal with their sins, but now they can't even deal with their own. They came to make a fool out of Christ and prove that they was fools themselves. But look at the confidence now here in verse 9. Look what our Lord did. They all left. Everybody left. And look what happens. And Jesus was left alone and the woman in the midst of her. And that's when he lifted up himself. When there's nobody but him and her. He lifted up himself. He's standing on resurrection ground. He's dealing with her on the basis of resurrection, standing on resurrection ground. And I tell you what, this is what, I know this is what the Lord does. I don't care how many people he saves at one time, he saves every single one of them alone. When he saved that 3,000 on the day of Pentecost, he saved every single one of them alone. Every one of them was alone with the Lord at that time. And I'll tell you, he'll get you alone. And what a wonderful, wonderful place to be. The law can show you your sin, but only being alone with the Lord Jesus Christ can they be put away. And this is the real use of the law, is to bring us to Christ. To bring us to Christ. That's what it was used for. That's what it's supposed to do. Bring a man to Christ. And what a wonderful place place and portion to be they left all but she stood there and look what happens to what our lord says to her in verse 10 he lifted up himself and saw none but the woman and he said under woman 
Where are those thine accusers? Where's all them fellas at that brought you up here and interrupted this? Interrupted me. Where are they all at now? Hath no man condemned you? They all left that was condemning you? Hath no man condemned you? Look what she said. <laughs> she said, no man, Lord. <laughs> Nobody. And they're all gone. Nobody's standing here to condemn me. Nobody's standing here to tell me what an awful person. I'm in your presence. Oh, my. And you see, it's the Lord we have to condemn. How can this be? No man, Lord. Truly, truly. The Lord Jesus is the friend of sinners. And look at this wonderful salvation that he gives her. Look what he says. And Jesus said unto her in verse 11, Neither do I condemn thee. Go. 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 After he lifted up himself, go. And sin no more. Now, what do you reckon he's talking about, sin no more? And let's look, in, look with me in Romans 8, and then I'll be done. What do you reckon he meant when go and sin no more? You reckon she's going to sin again? Huh? What he's saying is, don't go back to your life. Don't go back. You know, over in Ephesians, it's in, in chapter 4 and verse 20, 20 or 21, it says, the Lord Jesus, he's taught you, said to put off the old man. And... And a lot of people think that's something that you do, that you can take your old man and just set him off. But how many times have you put somebody off? You know, say, well, they want me to do this, and I just, I just, I've put them off and put them off. Now I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do it. And that's exactly what he means to us. No, no, old man, you, you, I got nothing to do with you. I've got nothing to do with you. I, you don't exist anymore. God said you don't exist anymore. I've been renewed, been regenerated by the Spirit of God, created in the image of holiness and the true image of God. And that old man which put him off, just ignore him. And that's what, this, that's what our Lord's saying. Now don't you go and sin no more. Don't you go back to that life. Don't go back to that. And look what he said here in Romans 8.33. And I'm done. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's God that justifies. Did the Lord just justify her? <laughs> and all, who is he that condemneth? Who's going to condemn? It's Christ that died, stooped down. Yea, risen again. Where's he at? At the right hand of God. What's he doing? He's taken a cause and case before God. Huh? So there won't be no condemnation. No condemnation to them that are in Christ. Oh, law or grace. Law and grace. What a difference. Law said condemner, stoner. Christ says, go. Neither do I condemn thee. Huh? Oh, what a wonderful Savior is Jesus our Lord. What a wonderful Savior to me. Huh? <laughs> Thank you all so much. Oh, what a wonderful evening. Thank you for your wonderful day.